What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, April 21st, 2016. You guys are listening to episode 254 um, early early on Thursday morning. Um, again, last night, again, another Wednesday, where I'm like, I'm going to come home and do the podcast late at night. Got home, it was a little after midnight, and I'm like, I have too much to say on this show, I'm going to give it to him in the morning. <clears throat> so you're welcome, because, oh, do I have some unacceptables, a ton of shit that I'm bothered by this week, uh, that I've been waiting, waiting like a hungry caged dog to talk about to you guys. Oh, an, an unacceptable, like, I, I could do three like passionate unacceptables this week. That's how much stuff happened. So uh, I'm excited about the show. I hope everybody had a good time in between episodes. A um, lot of stuff to talk about, um, except movies. I have not been to the movies. Uh, I haven't even been watching TV, so I don't really have anything to talk about as far as entertainment. Um, and I'm not even really into going what's going on in the playoffs with the NBA. I'll talk about that after, but... Um, a lot of stuff to get to. Your guys on acceptable. So sit back. This is a full, uh, passionate 254 of TVE. So uh, sit back, relax, wherever you may be, on your treadmills, in your cars, at the office, in the cubicle. Uh, you will get a dosage. You will get it today. Um, but first, before the Verzi Effect podcast starts, I got to... Shout out to sponsors. Uh, as always, go to gonzofame.com for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians uh, of today. Up-and-coming comedians, established comedians. Um, uh, speaking of comedians, very funny up-and-coming comedian Dave Gavry out there in the Chicago area uh, runs the Gonzo Fame website, and uh, he does a great job with it. Uh, comedians such as you know Hannibal Burris and Doug Stanhope and my buddy Joe Matarese was on there. I was on there. Uh, just so many, I mean, the list goes on and on with the comics on there. He does a great job. So check out gonzofame.com. Also go to um, allthingscomedy.com for all of your comedy podcasts. Um, obviously, that's where the uh, Verzi effect resides. Resides. That's where uh, my podcast, I mean, my uh, album was with All Things Records. They're starting to put out more and more comedy albums. Follow them on Twitter at allthingscomedy. And um, definitely check them out at allthingscomedy.com. They're really about the artist, and they do do a great job. And you could get a ton. You would never have to listen to the radio again, all right, if you go to All Things Comedy. And I'm happy to announce the Verzi Effect has a new sponsor. That's right. Uh, I'll give you guys a backstory to this, but uh, I'm really excited about it because, um, again, it's something that affected me in my life. I saw how, how it worked, and... Uh, you know, just the advice and the things that uh, these people who train dogs know. So um, I have a, you know, a little bit of a fan base out in the New England area. And, and I thank you guys for that. I do Laugh Boston and I do the Comedy Connection in Rhode Island. And uh, people come out to see me. I was fortunate enough to meet these great people. And um, one of them happened to be, you know, when you meet somebody, you meet fans that come out, you say, oh, what do you do? You know, you talk. Or what do you do for a living? So, um, one of the fans, uh, I was actually, uh, talking to, uh, his wife and she introduced me and, uh, I said, what do you do? And he's a dog trainer. Now, as you guys know, we got Lloyd, uh, probably 
uh, two and a half months ago. We got Lloyd. And, you know, he's a puppy. He's running around. He's jumping. He's, you know, not, not really biting hard, but he's just being doing that snappy, you know, just shit that you don't want the puppy to do. You know, when you walk him, he's jumping up and down sometimes. So I was talking to this guy, uh, Mike Reed. They call him Coach Mike, and he runs a site called, um, well, he has a service. He's a, he's a dog trainer, and he's incredible. Uh, CityLivingDog.com. So go to CityLivingDog.com. But so we would talk even before I got the even before we got the dog. I would talk to him, and uh, we talked about it a couple times. And I was out there performing. So after I got the dog, you know, I called him up, saw some of his videos. He has all of these amazing YouTube videos. But like this guy is like the like this guy should have his own TV show. This guy is the shit. This guy will take like a rowdy. Add a line like dangerous pit bull and have him go to the fucking store for you to pick up milk. That's how it's insane. He showed me a video of his little daughter, like three year old daughter or whatever, walking with this massive, gigantic monster of a pit bull. And the pit bull was just looking at his daughter and wouldn't walk past her. Like this thing was looking like it was like a <laughs> this thing was insane looking. You know, it looked like she was walking like a fucking. UFC fighter on all fours, just, and, and, and the thing that could do so much damage, and the thing was just like, no, you're the boss, and it's all because of him, and his, his training videos were amazing, um, with feeding the dog, having the, how the dog is, is acting, and what to do when a dog does a certain thing, really good, so, um, I'm excited to have, uh, to have them on board, and, uh, and sponsor my show, so please go to, uh, citylivingdog.com, uh, check out Mike Reed's work, uh, Coach Mike. He's insane. If you are in the New England area and you have, uh, you know, a new puppy that needs training or, you know, your dog that you have for a while just still has bad habits and you're trying to get out, out of the bad habits, please contact Mike. Uh, go to uh, citylivingdog.com and check out what he does because it really is amazing. So, um, and I'm, I'm happy to... Uh, like, it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, my God, everybody needs to see you. Everybody with the dog needs to just... I had a conversation. I was in a hotel in Canada. I had a conversation over the phone with him, and he was just telling me certain things that the dog was doing. And I watched. He was like 100% right. It was it was crazy. So check that out. Uh, all right, let's get into the show. As I sip my black coffee. That's right. I'm not putting shit in it. I'm not putting sugar in it anymore. I'm done. Going old school. Doing my Greek grandmother, my yaya used to do. Just fucking straight up coffee. And uh, I, I remember watching my grandmother, though, she would dunk her toast in coffee. I was like, I, that's just, I don't think that's something I could ever get into. Just dunking toast in coffee. <laughs> it seems disgusting to me. But, uh, all right, so I got to get into these... Uh, I got to get into these uh, unacceptables. Or, no, you know what? Before I get into the unacceptables, I want to um, talk about talk about something else. All right. So I go to the vet because I, I want to I talk about this because I was just talking about my dog. So we have the two cats, as you guys know. We got Stanley and Thomas, right? And uh, I noticed that my cat Stanley, he's, you know, his gum was swollen a little bit in his mouth. And I knew, I think he was having an infection. 
and everything. So I wanted to finally get it checked out because I didn't want it to become a serious problem. So second time I go to the vet. First time I go to the vet for Stanley, they're telling me he needs this immediately. He needs to do this immediately. It was all this money. And I was like, nah, we'll see what happens now. Time went by. It was still messed up. So I wanted to go again. So the same vet comes out. Now there's two. There's the older man and the younger woman. I like the older man better. I don't like the younger woman because she kind of talks to you like you're an idiot and she fucking tries to rob you. So I go in there with the cat and this could be my unacceptable because I was absolutely fuming. I was texting my wife. I'm livid. I wanted to call a friend. I was freaking out. I set an appointment for 2.20 p.m. yesterday to take our cat Stanley to get his mouth looked at and everything like that, right? And we didn't know if he had a tick on his back or whatever. I get in there at 2.20 in the in the examine room. Like the, the, I got there a few minutes early. They put, put me and my daughter. And, and yeah, granted, I'm with a three-year-old little girl, okay, who doesn't have that much patience. And we're sitting in a room. You know, the sterile room. But the funniest thing about the these rooms is there's like scratch marks on the door. <laughs> so the fucking animals get in there, door closed. They're trying to scratch their way out. I said humans just do it mentally, but the animal could actually say, "Get me the fuck out of here." Um. So we're sitting in there, and two twenty, we're waiting. Two twenty-five, we're waiting. Door closed. Walk right past the doctor, the the vet. She 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 knows we're in this room, and she's about five feet from us. Okay. Nothing. 2.20. Nothing. Now my daughter starts asking questions. When is she going to come in? When is she going to come in? She, she better be here soon. Then I start opening the door, looking around. They obviously hear the door and see my presence there trying to get somebody's attention. Nothing. Then I close the door again. Another five minutes. Now it's it's about 20 minutes. And finally I open the door and I look at her and then she starts like slowly walking in. And I was like, oh, listen, I didn't know what you were, you coming in or not. Because if, first of all, I'm fucking here giving you money. You know, this isn't for my kids. This is for my fucking 11 year old cat. I don't have to be here. I don't have to be here. I really don't. This is for my 11 year old cat that I am going to get overcharged for you even looking at this fucking thing. I'm going to get him a shot or do something for his mouth. I'm here to give you money. And you're just strolling in 20 minutes late like you don't give a fuck. I got to get my son. Off the bus at 3.20. So now I don't even have an hour. Luckily the place is not far from my house. So I'm already pissed off that she comes into the office 20 minutes late. She comes into the examine room 20 minutes late. Then she starts doing that like talking to you. Like, um, I, I don't want to say like, I don't know. I just didn't like it. I didn't like her the first time and I don't like her now. She just has that like, well, well here's what happened. She fucking tried to rob me. After waiting for 20 minutes, she looks at Stanley's mouth and she goes, yeah, you see that? It's still irritated. We got to pull some teeth. Um, I'll quote you on that. That bump on his back, you know, we don't know what it is, but we could, we could, we'll cut that out. I don't know if you want to pay for a biopsy, but I just quoted a dog for getting two extractions in his mouth and an examination and all that stuff. I just quoted him for like $488, so it'll probably be maybe around the same thing, but... For that price, we'll do we'll we'll take off the the we'll take off a bump on his back, a little bump. It's it's like a like a little tick thing, but it was actually more like a scab thing. Now she's like, we'll take that off and we'll take the tooth out. It'll be about five hundred bucks. I'll go quote it up for you. So I'm thinking, all right, let's just get it done. I didn't like how she was telling my daughter to stay away from the table, 
And then my daughter wasn't really staying on the, like she was kind of still staying there. She goes, no, you got to go. And I go, yeah, I told her. And my daughter did stay there a little too long and she didn't want the animal to attack my daughter. But like my daughter, she didn't need to say it like that. It's just, I didn't like it. I didn't fucking like it. So now I'm like, all right, just go get the quote. I got to go. I got to get my son. I told her I got to get my son. So uh, she's, oh yeah, and this is another thing she says. This is another way that I got fucking robbed at the vet. These vets are absolutely disgraceful. Mechanics are more honest. I go to to her, what's the shot going to cost? Because she wants to give him a bacteria shot. She goes, listen, if you get this procedure done, I'm going to give him a shot, a bacteria shot. It's going to last in his system about 10 to 14 days and help him. But if you get the surgery done, you should kind of get it done in that time. Because it'll help him. So I'm like, all right, fine. That makes sense. How much is the shot you're going to give him today? She goes, 65. I go, fine. Not bad. That's okay. So lady comes in, gives Stanley the shot. He doesn't feel a thing. We walk out. And and then they're like ordering me around. That's the other thing. It's like, I'm giving you people money. Okay? I'm giving you, there's fucking hair around. It's a shitty office. It smells like shit. There's scratches all over the place. I brought my cat to you and I'm giving you money. Be a little nice, all right? We're not going to some fucking, you know, biopsy on my on my child, God forbid. I'm bringing a fucking cat here. I'm not going to check if I'm sick. I'm going to check if my cat is sick. Be a little nice. She's like, okay, I know you have to leave. So uh, I was told, give him the shot and get the cat in the carry, carry case. They don't tell me what to do. But I'm like, yeah, we do got to leave. So I get the cat in the thing. We start walking out. And then the lady, the vet comes out and she goes, okay, so here's what I did. I quoted everything. And with everything we got, um, you know, with today and then the treatment and then the recovery. And there's all these charges. And she hands me a paper. And the paper's for over $1,000. The paper was more than double what she told me. And then get this shit. I say to the lady, well, how much was the shot for today? And she goes, well, today's going to cost you 170 something. And I'm like, well, what happened to 65? Oh, plus the examination. It's like, what the fuck? I'm spending $1,200? No, I'm not doing it. I said, will the shot you give my cat today make his mouth better? She goes, yes, it'll heal everything. It'll make it better. Um, if there's a tooth problem, it could come back, but this will make it feel a lot better, this and that. And I'm like, all right, then that's what you fucking should have told me to begin with. I'll keep getting them bacteria shots. As long as his mouth is not hurting him, I just want to get the infection out of there. Absolutely ridiculous. And she would talk to you like this. She would go, okay, well, here's what I'm going to do. Okay, we have his blood on file. We didn't send it out yet. We'll send it out. Okay, we'll get this. What I need you to do. And like, she's like, like they're like trained to like fucking make you think, oh shit, we got to do this. And then I'm thinking to myself, no, we don't. And then, and then, but this is how I kind of called her bluff in a way where I knew that they were just trying to get money. Where she was like, yeah, and if we cut the thing off his back, we could send it for a biopsy. I mean, that could be a little pricey. And I just go, yeah, me and my wife aren't really, like, that's something that we're not. And she goes, okay, then we don't have to do that. Don't worry. And it was like, yeah, you're trying to fucking oversell me. So my cat's 11 years old. I love my cat. If my, You know what I mean? And I'll pay for my cat to, to be okay. But just don't fucking lie to me. Oh, I'm fired up. Wait, I didn't even get to the unacceptable yet. Oh, man, I got to talk about this meal. All right. Uh, yeah, so... No, I'm going to get to that last. I got two more things I want to talk about, and then I'm going to get to the unacceptable. All right? So, the... Uh, oh, my God, this is this is another thing. Fucking pissing me off. People suck. People fucking suck. Listen to this shit. Listen to this. I am standing outside my home club of the stand, 
right? And uh, it was uh, Monday night is a frantic Monday. It's it's frantic show at the stand. It's basically like one of the hottest shows in the city on a Monday night. Comedians from all over go there. It's a free show for the crowd, and it's a sick lineup. It, it really is. Like I'm not just saying that because I you know because I I worked at the club or whatever. The lineup was like uh, that Monday. I'll give you a. Um, you know, that Monday was, um, who was it this Monday? It was awesome comics. Sean Patton, Dan Soder, myself, Big J Okerson, uh, Judah Friedlander, uh, Aaron Berg was hosting it. He hosted every time. It, it was just a, you know, a great show. So there's all comics hanging out and I'm closing the show. So I'm going last. So I'm just hanging out outside. Now me, if you guys listen to my show, you know, I'm a nice guy. I try to, if I talk to somebody Especially if somebody's like really different or like thinks, oh my God, like this guy's so much different than me. I want them to know that like I'm an open-minded, understanding guy, right? So uh, that happened, but it came back to to fucking bite me in the ass. So (laughs) I was telling my wife this yesterday and and she just started laughing. So this guy comes up and a booker, you know, bookers from even other clubs come out to the stand that know the stand and come out on Monday night. So we're standing outside. And uh, this guy, this comedian, you know, comes up and, you know, I don't know him. And he's just, he seems a little hipstery. Um, seems like maybe could or could not be like a gay dude, which obviously I have no problem with. That's fine, you know, just talk, I'll talk to anybody. I don't care, you know, do what you want to do. People should, you know, be left alone and do what they want to do. But I'm talking to the guy and it, if you looked at me and him, you would be like, wow, these two guys probably, you know, wouldn't hang out and go get a beer. But comedy brings people together. Comedians have that camaraderie and that kind of fraternity thing. So we just start talking. And um, I'm listening to him, and he tells me that uh, he was from, um, you know, D.C. And D.C. I was like, oh, D.C. is a great, D.C. is a great (laughs) city. I love D.C. And we're just talking. Yeah, except the homeless. The only thing I said, the only thing I don't like about D.C. is, you know, you'll be eating in a restaurant down there, homeless guy, like come up to the glass and look at your dinner, look at your plate and all that. And he's like, yeah, well, that's kind of like everywhere. And I'm like, no, absolutely. So he starts telling me this story. And uh, he's like, yeah, one time this homeless guy came up to me. And the homeless guy was really aggressive saying, you did this. I can't believe it. And he pushed me really hard. And he goes, and when he pushed me really hard, you know, my adrenaline went up. And I was like, oh, man, uh, you know, something's going to happen here. He goes, and then I just realized, just calm him down. And just so what I did was I looked at the... I looked at the homeless guy and I was like, you know what? You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I did anything. And he said, and it totally diffused the situation. And the homeless dude went from being hostile and potentially violent to now kind of just like, yeah, all right. And then he goes like this to me. He goes, yeah, you know, it uh, it just showed that people just want to be heard. And people just want to be, you know, have, you know, people paid attention to and, and, People want to have attention and, and, and be heard. And I'm like, yeah. I said, yeah, you know, I was actually talking to this security guard in Canada and they were telling me when somebody is like belligerent, drunk and getting violent, what they would do is just go, no, calm down. You don't want to get in trouble. Like, you, it's okay. And then it, and it diffuses a situation as opposed to being like, fuck you, this and that. It just, which, which will elevate a situation to uh, <clears throat> an even more negative place. So I'm telling him this story and we're relating and I'm like, yeah, wow, you know, I'm... I'm you know, having a nice conversation with this person that I probably, I don't know if I, you know, would talk to before. And all of a sudden I say to this guy, 
you know, and I'm trying to be nice. I go, I go, yeah, you know, it just goes to show, man, as corny and, and cliche as it sounds, man, it's the power of love. People just want to be loved. And he just, he just nods his head and then he kind of like smirks and leans forward at me and is like, yeah, faggot. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, fuck you, dude. I'm fucking, I'm helping you. You're the bitch. And I don't even know if he's, he's probably not even gay. God, he's probably going to listen to this and fucking hate me. I'm just saying like, I don't even know if he's gay. But he's like a hipster. He's like a guy that I wouldn't hang out with. And if he was gay, I, I don't know. I was just talking to him like that. Like, I was talking to him like, listen, we're different. And I don't know your deal. You know, you don't know my deal. But, like, let's relate. And I bring love into this situation. You know? And he fucking leaves the yeah, faggot. I'm like, fuck you, dude. I'm trying to, f- you know what I mean? And instead, I didn't, I didn't fucking say, fuck you, dude. Or I didn't say, no, dude, I'm trying to relate. I didn't. I just go, yeah, I know, right? Like a dick. <laughs> It was, it just backfired. I'm like, I'm not being nice to people anymore. People suck. I was like literally thinking, imagine if he like was like, I fucked this faggot. And he did. He did. Oh my God. (laughs) Uh, I'm like, what the fuck? I should have been like, hey dude, listen, I, I, you know, I don't. I wasn't trying to, no, I was like, no, I shouldn't have been like, what are you, homophobic? What are you, gay? That's what I should have said. No, that's not gay. That's love, man. Love isn't gay. Are you gay? Do you have something, are you just uncomfortable with like nice shit and just totally fucking went at him? Seemed like a nice enough guy, but it bothered me. It's it's like, fuck you. Insecure cunts. That's what comedians are. Myself included sometimes. But I have a little, I don't know, I'm a little, uh... I don't know. I'm a little aware of like dickheads this week. You know, I was listening to that uh, Megan Trainer song. That fucking, um, my name is no, my number is no. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm in the car. And I know like, you know, feminist fucking bitches are like, yeah, fucking, yeah, fucking at the club. Fuck that guy. We're here together. It's like, first of all, look in the mirror. Okay. Megan Trainer. it's like, bitch, you're fat. You're fucking fat. What do you mean your name is no, your number is no? You should be psyched the guy's talking to you. At least give the guy a chance. You don't know what his intentions are. Maybe he's like, oh, I know her metabolism is terrible and she's going to blow up and be a fucking pig in a few years, but I like her. I want to talk to her now. She doesn't know. Instead, she's going to be picky. It's like, fuck you. Seriously. And I'm sure all women and girls in clubs are dancing around. My name is no. My number is no. It's like, then be fucking lonely. I don't know. It's just annoying. It's annoying. Fucking my number is no. It's like, it's like you're out of shape. You're not, you're not, you're not in the physical condition to talk like that. Ah. And she's got that. And now, now, now she's got those other songs, right? Dear future husband and all this shit. It just lets me know that this chick Megan Trainor is fucking cocky. I would never listen to her again. She's cocky. I hope she got bad metabolism. Because then she's going to have to make a song, a fucking remix in 10 years, called like, my name and number is please, yes, I'm sorry for being a cunt 10 years ago. (laughs) Ah, I brought it back. I brought it back. See, that's the beauty of doing podcasts so long. It helps. Helps get that muscle going. Um, All right. Now that I'm nice and fired up and ready to go, we're only about 25 minutes in. I got to talk about this meal. This is my unacceptable, and then I'm going to get to your guys' unacceptables, all right? So, 
Um, oh my God, this was the worst. So my wife had a, um, my wife's brother had a, had a son, so she has a, uh, a new, a newborn nephew, and uh, we're gonna go see the go see the baby who is about I think about an hour and twenty minutes away from us uh, on Sunday. So we take the kids. The kids are excited to see the baby. We drive up into the into the mountains and all that stuff to see the baby. And uh, my mother-in-law is there. We spend a little time there and um, saw the baby and, you know, uh, get in the car and be like, we're a little hungry now. Let's go get something to eat. You want to get something to eat? So my mother-in-law is like, yeah, I want Italian, um, which I didn't want at the moment. I'd be honest. I didn't want the Italian food. You know, I was thinking something else. But whatever, I wanted to, I want, actually to be 100% honest, I just kind of wanted to get home because it was Sunday, it was 5, 6 o'clock, and we were already an hour away, so I wanted to stop and eat something quick, but my mother-in-law was there, she wanted to get something, so we're like, alright, we'll get Italian food. So we're like, we don't know where we're going to go, so we go to, we're in Middletown, New York, where we start driving down, and we end up in Middletown, New York, where like the only, where like the start of kind of shops and, and, um you know, strip malls and plazas are and all that stuff. And we're like, oh, there's got to be something in here. So we see signs for like Buffalo Wild Wings, which me and the kids love because you could get, you know, chicken and shit and whatever. I like buffalo sauce and they like their um, naked fingers and we've eaten there before and everybody could kind of get what they want. Uh, But my mother-in-law wanted um, Italian food. It was Sunday. I get it. So we're looking for a place. We don't find a place. So I told my wife, I go, just call your mom. She was following us in the car. I go, tell her that the kids want Buffalo Wild Wings, and we're going to stop there. So she says, Mom, we're going to Buffalo Wild Wings. When we just follow us, we'll find it. And we come to a red light, and we look to the right, and sure enough, there's a little plaza 10 feet away from us, and we're at a light with the entrance to the plaza, and it's a little Italian restaurant. So my wife goes, well, look at that. Let's just go in there. So I turn in there. Mother-in-law follows. We, we go into this place. And uh, we walk in, and like half of it is like this pizzeria with seats. But then you go to the left, and it's a sit-down little, you know, home-style-looking restaurant. So we walk into this place. Hungry now. And now I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit down and eat Italian food at night on Sunday. This is going to be my dinner. We'll go home. We'll put the kids to bed, and it'll be done. We walk in. And, um, I look at the case of pizza and as we go to the left to be sat in like the dining room area, I just go over to the case of pizzas and I look in and I just noticed the cheese and I, I saw, I saw what I thought was Buffalo chicken uh, or Buffalo chicken slice. And I walk up to see like how it looked. Uh, I'm not eating pizza now cause I'm still kind of doing the diet thing, but I just, you know. I'm just like fucking window shopping shit, you know, that I I would love to eat. And I'm a sucker for buffalo chicken. And I look and the cheese looks fucked up and the pizza just looks fucked up. And the whole thing is like, I'm like, man, that doesn't look good. The whole case looked a little like, I don't know if I would eat that. But then I'm like, maybe they're making a fresh one. It's been sitting out there trying to give the benefit of the doubt. Just keep trying to give the benefit of the doubt. Okay. (laughs) So, uh, all right. So. We sit down, and uh, it's, um, I'm trying to think, yeah, so my <laughs> my wife and I are sitting next to each other with kind of our backs turned towards the exit, and in front of us is the kids and my mother-in-law, and we're just waiting, and a waitress comes over, and this should have been an indicator, because a waitress comes over, and 
You know when somebody just smiles and you know they're dumb? Like she just was like, hi. <laughs> she just smiled and she was like, hi. And she just was like, ah, oh, look at the kids. And like it was just, it was like there's no other job she could be doing. Um, I don't want to be rude, but her, you know, her teeth were fucked up. Like a little, like I noticed her teeth were fucked up, a little like yellowish. And it was just like, oh, I'm like, I'm like, listen. The only hope we have for this place is it's one of these mom, like it's one of these like homemade things that somebody opened up. It's, it had like an, you know, it had that like little feel to it where you're like, I bet you the chicken parm here is awesome. I bet you the, um, you know, this might be good. Let's just wait and see what happens. So we all order our dinners. My wife looks over at me and my wife says to me, what do you think I should get? I'm either going to get the chicken parm or like the chicken piccata or something. And I looked over at her and I go, this place, to be honest, you know, looks like a classic chicken parm type of place. It's a, it's a simple dish. It's a delicious dish. It might be good here. So me, uh, I'm like just waiting to see what happens, what everybody orders. The, kid orders. the kids order their typical pasta. My mother-in-law orders her go-to, which is spaghetti and meatballs. That's where my wife gets it from. She likes spaghetti and meatballs, but she also went with the chicken parm. So I look at this this lady, this uh, wait waitress, and I go, "What what would you recommend or what's good?" And she just goes, "The chicken parm is delicious." And I looked at my wife and I'm like, "See, that's what I thought." Okay, salads come out, and I swear to God, the salads look rotten. Okay, the salads look rotten. They looked fucking awful. We have the dressing, and uh, we put it on, and I'm just eating it. And I'm like, "This isn't great." But it's still, I'm still, I'm hanging on. I'm fucking hanging on. I don't like the waitress. Everything is fucked up. Okay. Then the bread comes out 15 minutes later from when we sat down. And I am not exaggerating when I tell you we opened up the bread and it was black. It was burned. They left it in the oven and it was burned. It was burnt. So then I'm like, oh, is this like a, like, did they just roast it? Like, this <laughs> is all this stupid shit I'm thinking about. Okay. Food comes out. And pasta's overdone. The meal, every my mother-in-law wasn't touching her food, but she wasn't saying anything. I look over to my wife and I say, how's the chicken parm? Because it didn't look that all that bad. And she just gave a, a look of absolute disdain slash anger. And she goes, it's fucking horrific. <laughs> right? And I'm going, maybe she's being a little picky. Whatever. So she goes, Paul, try this because I'm not going to eat it. I I am not kidding you people when I tell you. I could not. Not only could I not cut the chicken with the fork. I took a knife and I had to actually dig. Like it took an effort. Like some elbow grease to cut this thing. I bit it and it was crunchy and chewy. It was the worst thing. I'm getting sick thinking about it right now. Okay, so then she goes, maybe you could try to find a good piece. Anytime you have to say, try to find a good piece, the meal fucking sucks. Not to mention, waitress didn't come back to fill our drinks. Okay, so we're sitting there with this shitty food. Okay, I ordered fucking veal and pasta. It was strips. It looked like gyro strips. Now, luckily, there was some tender parts to it, but it just wasn't fucking veal the way that it should be. Shame on me for even, oh, I haven't even had veal in years and years and I said, how's the veal piccata? Well, the veal piccata is really popular here. So I'm like, all right, fucking, I'll try it. And, and it was these strips. My wife's dinner was so upset. I'm going to bring my wife in on the show in a second. She's going to talk about something because when I, 
first started dating her, she told me something and it actually hit me uh, later on in my life how unbelievably correct and right she was. So I'm going to actually have Stacy on the show for a few minutes here in a second. But her dinner was so unacceptable. I tried even getting one last bite of like to have it decent so I could take that with me. And it had like a crunchy bone in it. It's supposed to be chicken. I'm getting actual sick. I felt fucking dirty. I felt dirty inside. It was one of the most unsatisfying meals me or my wife for that matter have ever had. Okay. They fucked up my kid's pasta because it was well done. The kids didn't know. The bread was fucked up. The salad was old. Absolutely 100% unacceptable. And I will say this before I bring Stacy on here. This was the absolute worst. Here's how bad it was. Oh, you know, I'm going to bring her in right now. So my wife, Stacy, is here. How are you, babe? Fine. Okay. So this is a thing. Now, you told me something. I want to talk to you. It's going to be a quick... I'm, I'm going to talk to you about something because you said this to me and I, I want you to explain to the listeners what you meant by it because I do agree. But you said to me a long time ago when we first met, you said, the one thing that I cannot stand is being in the mood for a meal and then having that feeling like when you know what you want, okay? So actually, you know, explain explain to everybody what, what that is, okay? What? Go ahead. Explain like when you want something, right? And you have your, your heart. Your heart is set up, but you got to talk in the mic. I know I got to talk in the mic, but I don't want, I don't know what you want me to say. Like about the, like talk about the, um, the feeling you get when you're just really excited for something. Like you're really excited and then you get, it's if, but you get angry, right? If it's not what I want, I get angry. Yeah. Cause you're, you're pent up and you're trying to get a feeling or a taste of something that you want and you don't get it and it just sucks. Yeah, and but then you feel like you need something else? Well, I had to open a piece of candy at the table because it was so bad. I had to get that taste out of my mouth. And you were livid. I was livid. This is like when we went to Dunkin' Donuts and we got the iced coffee. You got and, to, yeah. And they and I asked for an iced coffee and they just basically gave me warm, cold coffee. And what with, did you scream? With, I was like, it's an iced coffee. All you have to do is one thing. It's ice and coffee. And, and they couldn't even do that. Yeah. And they just they just fuck it up. It's like when you get a bad manicure or pedicure, and they don't they only have one thing to do, and they can't do it right. What and, and what did you do to Yelp? Tell them. <laughs> so I went on and I put a brutal review on Yelp about how awful the experience was. It was was it your worst meal you've ever had? Worst meal I've ever had from start to finish. The the lettuce was wilty. They didn't have Italian dressing. If you notice, we should have just walked out at that point. Then. <laughs> The <laughs> croutons. Here, no, right? they didn't. And then the croutons were the grossest croutons ever. And then the bread, like you said, was burnt twice. Because remember, we asked for more bread. And she goes, oh, it's in the oven. I go, you might want to take it out because it's going to burn. And they burnt it. And they brought it back. Oh. And then the sauce was like tomato um, tomato soup. But why did you rush out of there? I, I, I felt disgusting. Like, I actually felt sick and, like, dirty being in there after that meal. It was just, it was horrendous. Yeah, we needed, you wanted to go somewhere else yeah. to clean it out, right? Yeah, I just, I wanted like iced coffee or dessert or something. That's why I took the chocolate out of my bag and ate the chocolate. It was so, it was so gross. No, yeah, we've never, we've never had a meal like that. No, never. Not, not, no. Not from start to finish. Sometimes the salads aren't that good and you can like get past it, but start to finish, that was, the, that was the grossest, grossest experience I've ever had at a restaurant. No, we felt dirty. Ever. No, we yeah. felt dirty, yeah. 
well plus she didn't help when I asked for the kids with a side I said can I have a side of pasta or a pasta with a side of sauce and she goes what do you mean you want all the pasta like together and then you want me to put like the sauce in like a bowl on the side and I was like yeah that's exactly what I meant (laughs) yeah yeah, no, she was she was absolutely horrible. Like she she didn't she didn't understand things. And then I think she knew it was bad. Oh, so then my mother-in-law says my mother-in-law says you should say something. You really should say something. Like you should let her know. And then my mother-in-law got up and left and at one point it was just me and Stacy. Your mom left with the kids? She took him to the bathroom. Yeah, they had to go to the bathroom. Oh yeah, so she takes him to the bathroom, and it's just me and Stacy. And the waitress does come over, and she sees four full plates. Like she she saw, and she just goes, "Oh!" And she goes, and she said something. She tried like bringing her kids into it. She was one of those, yeah, my son doesn't eat either. And then he runs away and says he's scared of his food. Ha ha ha! And nobody's laughing. My wife is disgusted. I'm disgusted. And she just goes, "Oh, so do you want me to wrap any of this up?" And we we just stayed quiet. And finally, Stacy just goes. Yeah, no, but um, you rushed out of there. Like you, yeah, actually, I had to. But leave. I didn't know what you were doing because you just got up and like you just go pay now. Because my mom was paying the bill and she was like fumbling to get her card, and it took the waitress so long to come back and forth, and she was p- fumbling with her card, and then she started to look at Bill. I'm like, just give it, just fucking give it to me, and I so I handed it to the lady <laughs> so we could leave because I just wanted to leave. It was bad. Yeah, no, it was it was it was. Um, I've never seen my wife that upset and and she's not snobby at all in fact i'm probably more in a restaurant wants service and food to be good than my wife does she was livid she got up and i'm trying to talk to her in the car and she's just not talking to me she's just on her phone and i'm going like what are you doing and she goes i'm on yelp and she was fucking writing something which we've never done i mean we me and my wife have never we've leave someplace bad and we go it's like sebastian maniscalco's bit that he did on the tonight show where he goes what are these people going on there? You know, he goes, when a meal sucks, he goes, I don't have time. He goes, when a meal sucks, I got a salmon sucked. That's the review. We And we we agree and laugh with that. But it was so bad that, like, we needed people to know, you know, we needed people to know that, like, or she needed people to know, like, listen, this was a really, really unacceptable. Save your money and do not go here. Imagine feeling like you want a home-style chicken parmesan. Okay, and you could picture it. The sauce is delicious. The cheese is melted. The chicken is tender and juicy in the middle. Imagine going to that and you're chewing shoe leather and it's crunchy. And then you have a dumb waitress smiling, asking if everything is okay, not showing up, giving you drinks. The the lettuce was fucked up. The bread was burnt. And that was your experience on a Sunday when you have an hour and a half drive after you already did drive an hour and a half. Absolutely 100% unacceptable. Uh, but now that I have you here for a couple seconds, I know you got to go. She's she's doing work. Um, let's talk. I, I think I think one thing somebody would want to know here is this. Um, so you put up with a lot, <laughs> right? You put up with a lot with me, and there is, uh, and this will be really quick. We don't have to get into it in depth. I'm sure late, later in the future, but just one or two questions here. So a lot of listeners here, I'm sure, want to know. For for somebody who lives with a comedian, has children with a comedian, married a comedian, and the whole kind of lifestyle, okay, we always joke, and me and and Bartnick and Lawhead and Burr and and you know Giannis and everybody, all the all the friends say that the spouse of a comedian is a saint. 
and it's very hard and stuff. So what would you say the the best part of it is? And what would you say the worst part of it is? And if anybody out there is thinking about dating a comedian, what what advice would you give to them? I, I'm curious to see. And I feel like, yeah, and you lucky fuckers listening to this, you're lucky. You're, I told you you're going to get a good episode now. So not only do you got me fired up, I didn't even get to Unacceptables yet. I'm 40 minutes in, and now I got my wife talking about the shitty parts of being married to me and the good parts. But, um, so yeah, so what? So what is it? Uh, what is it like? Thanks for putting me on the spot there, Paul. Go ahead. Um, the um, it's fun. The worst parts of being married to you, oh boy, are that it's like being married to a teenager with a credit card. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't get uh, you don't get necessarily all of the proactive work that you might want to get out of a an adult. For example, Paul, could you go get the could you go get the garbage cans? Sure, you go and get the garbage cans, you bring them from the curb and leave them like halfway down the driveway instead of putting them back in the bins where they belong, which a teenager would do, but a husband shouldn't do. Um, but I think the best part is that um, you get to stay home with the kids and help with that and you're funny. Everyone asks, what's it like living with a comedian? You must be funny all the time. I'm not funny. Like, no, you're not funny at all at home. So, <laughs> But you're fun with the kids, and I like that the kids get to be home with you. Do I, do I annoy you with my goofiness with the kids? No, not at all. I think that's fun. Okay. The, the only thing that is annoying is when it's time to be a grown-up, responsible like person and you still want to goof around like when it's bedtime and you get them all riled up and then they're jumping in the bed and the dog is barking and it's past their bedtime and then i say come on and then you're like five more minutes and (laughs) then you're telling me that you know come on you know you should just let them stay up and then meanwhile the next day they're cranky as shit and i have to deal with it so all right so i'm gonna go into a little more with this because you know I always said I didn't want my family on the podcast, and and it's but I've done 254 episodes, and I haven't had my wife on, and I just feel like uh, it's a good guest um, because nobody knows me more or better. But uh, Stacy's been with me when I remember um, I had no what did I have? I had 12 minutes of material, probably three of which was good, um, and I was just running around doing contests doing, you know, I was doing a lot of urban rooms because that's what, you know, that's who would put me up and we were doing that and now, what is it, we're 15 years later and, uh, you know, and we're crushing it. So what do you think about that? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a a positive direction for us to go. Yeah. I do remember when you would call me in the middle of the night about whatever happened on the show and generally you were like tanked. And you were just like, I would have to go to work and you, you would call me at like one, two o'clock in the morning. You'd be like, no, 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 I just want to talk to you about what happened. And I just got done with my set. And Wow, I don't even, that's You don't cool. remember that? No, I was drunk. Well, yeah, I, would well always, I would always drink after shows. Yeah. Like that, I would never drink. Well, right. That you would call me after your show and you were like, you weren't tang tanked, but you had obviously been drinking after. No, what it was is we would do our shows and then we were so excited yeah. that we were actually living this. 
and doing it that we would go yeah. and we'd get it and then I would call you yeah. and tell you and wake some. me up and then I'd have to go to work and it wasn't didn't I put you on the phone with people too yeah you did I would be like no tell her about that yeah jo- who was that that was somebody you put me on the phone with I forgot the guy who took you to SNL that one time yeah 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 that's uh, funny yeah in the middle of the night well listen there'll be more of Stacy. I want to thank you for being on thank you for putting up with me um, you're going to be annoyed with me in probably an hour because I'm going to go play golf. Yeah, but um, thank you and say bye to the TVE listeners. Bye. All right. That was my wife, Stacy, um, who is actually working right now, and I interrupted her. Thanks, babe. That was great. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. She uh, She's such a strong, cool woman, great uh, you know, wife, amazing mother, and just uh, really cool. So... Um, you know, look guys, you listen to me rant and scream. I mean, I'm screaming about Megan Trainer and about me trying to be nice to a guy who basically called me a faggot. Uh, and I have anger with stuff like that. And I get mad and want to call people out on the unacceptables. Uh, and she puts up with it. Um, but yeah, she got mad at me the other night because we were just having fun with the kids and she's like, all right, it's time for bed. And I'm like, ah, stop it. She's like, they're going to they're gonna be miserable in the morning. And I'm like, it's one day. And then sure enough, it's a nightmare in the morning. And she was right. So uh, that was my wife, Stacy. Um, and yeah, absolutely unacceptable meal that we had where it, of epic proportions. Uh, even, even as bad as I described it, it still didn't didn't do it justice on how she never came back for the drinks and just the the fucking food was garbage. It was garbage. And I'm still being nice, not putting the fucking name of the restaurant on blast. But if you go, if you you'll <laughs> if you ever come across an Italian restaurant in Middletown and you look at a Yelp review and there's just somebody who shit on it, it was it was Stacy. Uh, All right, let's get to your guys' unacceptables. We are 45 minutes into the show. Hope you guys are enjoying this one. This was a special one. I never had my wife on before. Um, So let's go and uh, and, uh, get it going here. Not too many. There was a ton last week. People kept it short. So here we go. This is from uh, Drew uh, Ledit. And... uh, Subject is unacceptable. Paul, I first heard of you on Bill Burr's podcast, then saw you at MSG, and instantly became a fan. Well, thank you, Drew. I'm a new listener to the podcast, and I love it. My unacceptable is I went in the bathroom at work, and there was nobody at any of the urinals. There are four urinals in total. Because I'm not an animal, I went to the far urinal to leave plenty of room if somebody else comes in. Uh, as I'm, <laughs> I love that my listeners are so considerate. Uh, as I'm midstream, this guy walks in and completely ignores man code and uses the urinal right next to me. Keep your space, guy. Thanks, and I can't wait to catch another one of your shows soon. Yeah, thank you, Drew. Thank you for the thing. That is, yeah, I've, I've always talked about how when you're in an empty movie theater, somebody sits near you. When something is, is comfortable and empty for everybody, and if only a few people have to utilize it, everybody could be comfortable, but that one asshole has to fucking move to the pack. It's almost like they're followers. It's like, is there any part of you that's just okay with fucking going off on your own? Like, what? Stop it. There's four urinals. Use the far one. I'll use the far one. There's in-between space, and we don't have to fucking even remotely have any kind of, you know, piss ricochet or viewing each other's dicks. Let's, it's perfect. Just leave it like that. Thank you for the submission. 
Okay, this one is from uh, concerning the fans who complain about unex. Uh oh, Aaron may go in on this. Concerning the fans who complain that unacceptables are too long, uh, Aaron Garson, dear Paul. As a longtime listener, I wanted to chime in on how some people complain that unacceptable segment is getting too long. Bullshit. I love the unacceptables. And I love the longer ones where you really get the whole story. Plus, you give your commentary while reading it, and I find that funny as well. I feel as though there is, uh, there is nuisance involved in reading unacceptables. And such uh, nuisance would be lost if they were all reduced to the length of the Twitter feed. For instance, on the show, on the last show, you had a guy write in about some lady um, was riding his ass so she could get in line at Mickey D's drive-through. Uh, he said something about Rudy Tootie, fruity flapjacks from IHOP, and it was hilarious. Now imagine if he, uh, if he, in an attempt to cut down the length of his unacceptable, decided to do away with that line. We would have missed out on on a laugh. So I say, keep things. Oh, I remember that. I do remember that. Yes. So keep things the way they are. Nothing's broken. No need to fix it. Anyway, keep up the good work, Paul, both in comedy and giving reasonable, well-behaved human beings a platform on which to call out those who need to be removed from our gene pool. And while I'm at it, why don't you book some shows in upstate New York, say the Albany area? I'd love a chance to see you live um, this coming summer. Take care. Well, thank you so much, uh, for the kind words, Aaron. Um, I love, I love reading your guys' unacceptables. Um, you know, and if they're unnecessarily wrong, uh, uh, long, I get it. But for the most part, I agree with you. I try to keep it that way. And it looks like I'll be opening for Bill Burr in Albany in June. That is not confirmed yet, but we talked about it and I look like, uh, it looks like that's going to happen. Um, so Bill could actually come and see my dog and, you know, uh, see my son Lucas, who is Bill's godson and everything, and Bill has been traveling. He hasn't really been able to come here much, so we may do the Albany thing and, and have him come over. So hopefully that happens. I will announce it on the show if it does. Uh, thank you again for the submission. Uh, okay, this next one is from Greg uh, uh, Comporlis. Uh, it says, Control your animal, kids. Hey, Paul, so I was just up at the convenience store up the street from my house. Uh, I'll preface this by telling you that the young girl that works there is one of the biggest momos I've met. Uh, On more than one occasion, I bought a moldy sausage, egg, and cheese sandwich from there. And when I open it up, oh, at the counter, she says, okay, put that one back and get another one. Jesus. No, bitch. Be on point. (laughs) But that's not my unacceptable. Today, I go and see uh, she has her kid there whatever. I, uh, I walk in and this little kid tries to grab my junk and I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? I look up and this bitch is on her cell phone without a care in the world. (laughs) Jesus. I told her to pick her head up and watch what the fuck is going on. Hashtag animal, hashtag it's not, uh, (laughs) it's not, uh, what is it? It's not take your, uh, molester to work day. Hashtag uh, cage two animals. Yeah, that's just... You know what, though, dude? As as sad as this is to say, that's why she's a convenience store worker, Greg. You know? 
if a chick is telling you to put a moldy sandwich back and take another one, and then she's on the phone while her kid's grabbing your dick in a convenience store, I don't think it's, I think it's safe to say she's never going to be a rocket scientist, you know, so, uh, but it is absolutely unacceptable, and, um, you know, but, but those people do need to be called out as much as possible to at least make their convenience store gig better for everybody else involved. Thank you for the submission. Let's see here. Uh, This one is from Christopher. And Christopher says, fuck Hondas. Uh, Honda decides uh, a huge issue is their civic uh, trannies isn't an issue. Okay, so Honda decides a huge issue with their civic trannies isn't an issue. So I get stuck with a $3,800 bill. Two days after the shop says it'll be done... I make it 10 miles down the road before the power steering pump throws in the towel. People who work for or support Honda, go fuck yourselves. Unacceptable selling my car and getting a go-kart. Heard those fuckers were more reliable. Uh, Love the show, man. Keep up the good work. Get your ass out to Utah. I'd love to go to Utah. I would love to. That's one place. Utah and Arizona. Well, I'm going to be going to Arizona now, but I've never been to Utah. Your Davidoff Nicaraguan cigars are illegal in Utah. Another unacceptable. Christopher Hyde. What? The Davidoff Nicaraguan cigar, which is arguably my number one, maybe number two, is illegal in Utah? All right, well, fuck Utah. I'm not going to Utah then. Why the hell would that be illegal in Utah? Uh, Thank you for the submission, Uh, Chris. I appreciate it. Okay. Let's see here what else we have. Um, We have, is that it? Uh, Here we go. Uh, Here we go. What does this say? Uh, This is from Unacceptable Segment from Dodger Blue. Hey, Paul, thanks for writing me back. I appreciate you considering where I was coming from. You're one of my comedy heroes, and I am so proud to see how your career has grown. Love TVE, bro, Jonathan. Okay. Yeah, see? So listen. Some people, and I want people to know, some people, the, the, the people that talked about the unacceptable segment, you know, being long, there were times where I did it where I was like, look, maybe it is, listen, every episode of the show is going to be different. And I'm not naive in thinking that some episodes are better than others. Like there is some where you're like, oh, you go to this one. Of course I do it every week. There's 254 of them now. Of course, it's going to be like that. Sometimes I'm like, ah, you know what? That went too long or this did. But the fact that you guys are loyal listeners and you sit in and you listen and the numbers keep growing and you guys keep coming out to shows, I cannot thank you guys enough for that. Um, It's amazing to travel from my home in upstate New York to the middle of the country and have people say, I listen to your show every week. Um, it's because of you guys that I'm building a fan base and my career is going in the direction that it's going in. So thank you guys so much. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if there's anything I'm doing on the show or anything you want me to do on the show or a topic, or you just want me to rant about something, hit me up and I would definitely do it. You know, that's the podcast guy I am. Cause you guys are listening to the dopest fucking podcast in the game. You know it. Come on, how many of you people, yeah, I'm going to talk a little shit right now. How many of you people listened to other podcasts, have listened to maybe even, I would go as far as to say, bigger podcasts than mine, but then you came over to TVE and you were like, oh, I'm home now. Fuck you. You know you've done it. Um, oh yeah, it's a little shit talking. You know what's funny is my son, we, we uh, went, my son's playing Little League and soccer now, uh, and 
I noticed a little bit of, and I do it fun loving and I don't mean it and he does it too, but there's a little bit of a Verzi shit talk thing, but it's, it's a fun loving, you know, I'm not going to lie. I have a little bit of that Tupac, like, fuck you. You don't love me. Fuck you. I'm, you know what I mean? So the other day, my son said something like, yeah, like he did like one, <laughs> he did like one or two good defensive plays in soccer and he just runs off and he's like, I'm the best defender in the league. And I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's my boy. I was like, let's just, let's not tell everybody in the league that just yet. <laughs> but, uh, thank you guys for the submissions. That is it for, uh, the emails. If you guys want to submit your unacceptables to the show, uh, please, uh, go to unacceptables for TVE at gmail.com. People ask if it was spelt out for or the number four. It is spelt out for. So that's unacceptables for TVE at gmail.com. Send them in. I will read them. And, uh, you know, don't make them nuts, but I love them. And I will uh, shout you out and, you know, um, I do appreciate it. So let's see. I don't know what we have. I don't think there was much on Twitter. Um, let me see here what else we have. But I, I didn't see bunch a bunch of stuff on Twitter. I did want to talk about um, the you know watching the um, NBA playoffs, or I should say, lack of watching them in my case. Uh, let me just see. Okay, so this one is from a Kevin Polite uh, or Polite Polite or Polite. I'm sorry, Kevin, if I got it wrong. It's at K P O and then Jarbo J A R B O E. Uh, at Paul Verzi, parking garage is full and this dope parks like he is cross-eyed. Hashtag unacceptable. Hashtag in a cage. Hashtag TVE. Yeah, that is, oh my God. That's like, that's blatantly, this guy is literally sideways. That guy did not give a fuck. Um, this one is from Mark Davenport at DeportMark23. It says, why is every... Everything overwhelming with these ads. Uh, who wants to cook clean and feed themselves? Laugh my ass off. Unacceptable. But there's no picture. So is there something? Oh, okay. Hold on. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, I, di- I didn't see any picture there. This one is from Kevin uh, Benedetti at underscore Kevin B E N E D E T T I. Unacceptable. People over 18. Years old, getting pumped about 420 like it's a national holiday. Hashtag grow up. Yeah, it's like, dude, if you, yeah, I agree. You know what? I love that one. I love that one, Kevin. You're absolutely right. It's like, yeah, 420. It's like, just smoke your joint, take your edible and smoke weed like you do every day, you fucking pothead and enjoy it. Enough. You know? Why are you, you know, yeah, it's 420, it's a fucking moment. Just smoke your drugs and shut it. Thank you for the submission. Let's see what else we have here. Is that it? Yeah, we might be. See, that was a nice, clean, easy, um... It's a nice, clean... Ah, here we go. Andrew Sherwin at Pregame ENG. Animals, Paul Verzi, unacceptable. Hashtag, Flyer fans get penalty for uh, throwing, um... Uh, commemorative uh, bracelets on the ice, and then there's a video. Um, yeah, man. At this point, Philly fans, it's almost. You want to know the funniest thing though, and I mean this from the bottom of my fucking heart, because I thought about it the other day, and I was like, 
Would I wear an Allen Iverson jersey because I love him so much? And the answer to that question is yes, or at least buy one. Because he, you know, he's a little man. He's the best little man to ever play the game. Uh, he's the toughest little man to ever play the game. That's undisputed. You want to argue me on that, I'll fucking argue that, that he's the best. Um, but, you know, the week before uh, I had the honor and pleasure of opening for Bill Burr at Madison Square Garden, we were at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia, which is basically where the 76ers and the Flyers play. It's Philly's garden, uh, if you will. And um, I got to tell you that I had one of the greatest experiences and memories of my entire career uh, there. Um, the Philly fans, like we didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to expect because you hear things. When I tell you the most respectful, there were over 10,000 Philadelphia fans in this arena. And I opened for Bill. Me, Joe Matarese, and Bird did the show. And when I tell you, I was telling a story and it was so quiet in the middle of the story. And then when they liked parts of it, they would erupt and clap and go nuts and then just get quiet and get ready for the story. And it was one of the most unbelievable. I was just like, wow, man, you know what? Maybe Philadelphia fans aren't that much animals. Maybe they're just that passionate and the animals unfortunately rear its head. I mean, listen, every time you have that many people going nuts, but there is a passion there and I... I have a bond with them now. Like, I would never have thought that I'd go to Philly to ever do a special or, like, really. But in the future, that's something that I might do just because of that show and experience. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at sports, you could say, does it get unacceptable? Yeah, it does. Uh, they don't fuck around out there. But I don't know why. Maybe I'm being selfish. I'm giving them a little bit of a pass because they they treat me great. <laughs> Which is, I know, is very ridiculous. Um, okay, here we go. This is from um, Kyle Santalaguini. Wow. That is fucking, that's Italian. At Kyle underscore Santo, S-A-N-T-O. At Paul Verzi, there is still food. There is still food on the fork when I got there. Hashtag unacceptable. And he sent me a picture of the fork, knife, and spoon wrapped up in the napkin. And there's a chunk of brown shit. On the fork. Absolutely disgusting. I got to tell you, the older I get, the more the restaurant shit I understand when people are pain in the asses. You know, I used to be, I mean, not, not, listen, I'm not talking about being a straight dick. I'm not talking about being embarrassing to the people at the table. I'm not talking about making the waiter or waitress's life miserable. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just get it normally right. Get the drinks going. Ask how the food is. If it's slow, say, I'm going to the kitchen. I'll be right back. If it's even slower, hey, can I get you a drink on us? You know, make sure the silverware is clean. It's the basic shit that you got to do. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about somebody just being the biggest pain in the ass and trying to get things for free and finding a problem with everything. You know, the temperature in the room, you know, that, that Jackie Mason joke. Can anything be right? You know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the basics. Uh, here we go. Oh, here's one from, wow, this is an unacceptable from my friend Jason Lawhead. He submitted to the show. Haven't talked to Jason, haven't talked to Jason in a while other than uh, texting. And Jason says, at Jason Lawhead, and that's capital J and then capital L. If you don't know how to spell Jason Lawhead, you're a fucking moron. At Paul Verzi, what is Girardi doing sticking with A-Rod in the three-hole 
I'd let CC have a drink before each start, then hit A-Rod third. Unacceptable. Oh, and he, not only is that a great unacceptable, but Lawhead kind of leading me into, um, oh, this is amazing, man, what's coming up now, but leading me into the sports, which I'm going to be doing. Uh, this next one, man, uh, this is sick. And uh, I am unbelievably humbled by this, but uh, John Baxley, who I sent posters and CDs to, uh, and his Twitter feed. And please show this man love. Please show this man love. I'm serious. Go to his Twitter feed. It's at John, and that's J-O-N underscore Baxley. Okay? B-A-X-L-E-E. J-O-N underscore B-A-X-L-E-E. All lowercase. Uh, he says, unacceptable, acceptable. On duty. Okay, uh, JMRC, monitoring the radio, listening to TVE 253 in earpiece. Ha ha. This man is in his soldier fatigues in a fucking vehicle listening to my bullshit as he's protecting our country. That's why, John, I sent you extra stuff and I will continue to, if you want me to send, if you have soldiers out there that want posters or CDs, let me know. I will send them to you guys. Um, I really appreciate not only what you do for the country, but the fact that you're in fucking, you know, on fucking, like you're, you're <laughs> I mean, I'm like, it's almost so ridiculous that you're listening to me scream about Megan Trainer while you're defending the country. I, I can't even thank you enough, man. The soldiers are the heroes, the shit. I've said it. I don't care. Yeah, that's easy to say. That's, fuck you. Okay, go, go to your stupid fucking Batman and Superman movie and think they're heroes when these guys are fucking really doing shit for real. All right? Batman's a faggot compared to what these guys do. Ooh, I said the F word. Blog about it. Thank you so much, John. I really appreciate it, man. You guys are the shit, and I can't thank you enough. Um, what a way to end it. I think, is that the last one? Let's see. Let's see where we are, the 15th, yeah. Yep, that's it. Thank you guys so much for the Unacceptables. Uh, that is it for the Unacceptables. An hour and five minutes, this is perfect. Let's see what else we got. Yeah, so the NBA playoffs, I'm not watching because I'm just waiting for the finals because you know what's going to happen. It's going to be the Spurs and the Warriors, and it's going to be, you know, the Cavs and whoever they beat to go to the finals. And that's it. So you just got to wait. I'll wait until the Spurs. and I mean, I'll still always take a glance and see what's going on, but you just got to wait to see what happens with the Warriors and who they're going to be playing. Now, when the Warriors and Spurs play, you're talking about a team that lost 15 games versus a team that lost nine games, two of the greatest seasons in NBA history going at it, two amazing coaches, amazing superstars. That's a series that you got to sit down and watch if you're an NBA fan. I'm going to wait for that. I'm not going to fucking worry about the, you know, the Detroit Pistons playing the Cavs. Uh, All right. Conor McGregor retired, and I didn't know what it was about. And they said, oh, one of his friends from Brazil died in the in the octagon or whatever. Maybe that's the reason. Then I come to find out Dana White, president of the USC, is talking about how he didn't want to go on a basically a tour to promote his fight for UFC 200. And he was like, no, nah, I'm just going to stay here. And Dana White's like, no, you got to do it. And then he's like, well, I want more money. 
And now they're like, well, you better be sure if this is what you're going to do because you're not getting more money. Now he's stuck in that spot. So he's potentially, uh, this is really bad. Is Dana White calling his bluff? You know, I look at it like this, man. If you want a little more money, talk to the guy. But I don't know if I go out and just say, oh, fuck it, I'm retiring. That's a little, just be like, look, man, I want more money. Are you going to give me more money? And then, like, deal with it that way. And then when it really gets shitty and bad and you don't think you could do it, be like, fuck it, I'm done. I'm done. But don't just be like, ah, well, whatever. I'm just going to say on Twitter that I retired and see if that's going to get people to do it. I think that somebody could call your bluff and that could hurt your career. I don't know if I would do that. But who holds the cards here? You know, Dana White's got the 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 publicity and the platform and the pay-per-view, you know, exposure and, and, and you know, and, and, and money. I mean, even though if it's not the money he wants, still money. But Conor McGregor's got the talent and he's got the people who want to see him. So who's got the upper hand? It'll be interesting to see. I'll tell you what I'm doing, though. This Saturday, me and some comedians are going to be watching UFC 196 at my house. That's what we're going to do. It's going to be fun. We're going to eat. We're going to drink. We're going to watch some fights. And we're going to just have a good time. I'm doing that for the John Jones fight uh, this Saturday. Boxing is dead, everybody. It's a shame. They need to do something quick because I love boxing. I love getting the fight on pay-per-view, but it is fucking dead compared to this UFC shit. Oh, man. It's getting kind of sad, actually. Uh, Yankees have not really seen too much. I know they're kind of hanging around the 500 area right now, but you can't get excited with baseball when they're 12 games into the season, when it's a 162-game season. So... That's pretty much it. NFL Draft is coming up soon. Uh, Looking forward to that. No movies. So now it's just time to get into some plugs and wrap this puppy up. Um, August. Jesus. April. April 28 to May 1st, guys. If you are in the Atlanta area. SideSplitter just came out with uh, a list of the what SideSplitter says. I'm not saying I agree or disagree with anything, but Side Splitter says the top 15 comedy clubs in North America are, and they listed them, and the punchline in Atlanta came out to number 10, and I will be headlining it April 28th to May 1st. I'm bringing my good buddy Joe Bartnick with me. We're going to have an absolute blast. If you haven't bought tickets yet, I know people are buying tickets, which I'm completely, I completely appreciate so much, but if you haven't, please check it out. If you can't go, but you like my show, tell a friend. Come out to the shows. It's going to be a lot of fun. This is a show that I, I, I really want to do every year. I want to headline this room every year. Um, they bump me up to headliner, and I'm really excited about it. So uh, come out if you go to their website or just Google Atlanta. You know, just Google Atlanta Punchline, and, you know, you could see all the shows that we're doing. It starts on Thursday. It ends on Sunday. I think we're doing six or seven shows. So please come out to that. It's going to be absolutely awesome. I will have my posters with me, and I will have my CDs with me. So please check that out. Okay, um, in June, June 21st to the 28th, I will be in Ottawa, Canada at Absolute Comedy, which I heard is one of the best clubs out there. I'm excited about that as well. I have other shows on my website, shows that are coming up in um, New Jersey, shows that are coming up locally in New York City. So check all the shows out. Go to paulverzi.com. You can see all of those. Also go to um, my Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Paul Verzi. That's V-I-R-Z-I. Thank you guys for listening.
I want to thank my lovely wife for being a guest. Please go check out my sponsors, gonzofame.com. Go to uh, All Things Comedy. Check out all the podcasts and albums that they have on there for comedy. And the new sponsor, which I'm really thrilled about, Mike Reed, Coach Mike, one of the best dog trainers in the country. Okay? He's one of the top guys. This guy is going to have a TV show. This guy is the shit. He's in your area. He is in the New England area, but he will work on your dog. He's got clips out there, amazing stuff that he does with these canines. And uh, you could go to uh, citylivingdog.com and uh, see all the stuff. Um, I actually would like to talk to Mike on the show and just kind of so you guys could see this guy is nasty. So check him out. He's awesome at what he does. Okay. Um, Check out all his clips. That is it for episode 254. Um, Until next time, I'm out of here. Enjoy your time in between, everybody, and I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you.